Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. and I love this series so much. We have been in this battles series now all month. We've been talking about how we can win our battles. Like the song we sang earlier, we fight our battles with the power of the name of Jesus. And it's been so good so far. I hope that you've enjoyed it and you've joined us for that. If not, you can catch up on the app with all of the previous messages. But we thought, how perfect for Easter. How perfect Because Jesus won the ultimate battle on the cross and by his resurrection 2,000 years ago. And so, such a good jumping off point from here. Now, today we have a special treat. We we decided to invite our special friend, our, our old friend, a good friend here with us today. And also, how perfect... The battle series for him. We knew that he would love this series. And so he's going to come and preach this morning a, a powerful, passionate, I hope some of that passion rubs off on us this morning, but a powerful, passionate word about the gospel. And so will you all join me in welcoming Johannes Amritzer? somebody huh and uh, they asked me when I came in uh, through the airport you know through customs they asked me so how long are you staying I said two days two days you're making this trip for two days I said I'm going to a very special church all right so it's awesome to be with you again and since I, I mean I've, I've, I've been here a lot how many of you have seen me before let me see where I'm look at that look at that hello you know, my friends, you're my friends, okay. Uh, I've, I've been here a lot over the years, but uh, since I was here the last time, you received a new pastor's couple, right? Yeah. Candace and Aaron, so congratulations, congratulations to the church, huh? And let me see, how many of you do I meet for the first time today? Let's, let, let me see, so that I know if I, oh, look at that, okay, come on, wave, wave, where have you been my whole life, wave, come on, hello, that means I have to introduce myself, right? Yeah, all right. Okay, I'll do that as I go. Before I do that, I I have brought a number of books, a little team here. I'm a missionary that works in Africa. I have been active in Africa for over 25 years. Uh, Soon flying down again to spend the entire summer there. Uh, But I write write some books uh, uh, that we use in our churches, and we got them translated into English. And you can hear it's, it's, it's before noontime, and my accent is very thick, you know, before noontime. It gets better, okay? But my new book has come out since I was here the last time called uh, More Than Enough. But they've sold almost every one of them. I think there's only yesterday night they were buying so many books, so I think there are only four or five copies left. So I was not allowed to give that one away, but I will give this one away, the best family in the world. It's about finding Mr. Right and Miss Right and, and about how to build family. So let me see. The, the, the fastest, boldest up here. Uh, I want to give it away. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, hey. There might be a comfy book out there for you. Talk to, talk to my co-workers. I got Suzette here. I got Josie here. Why don't you stand up quick? Josie, come on. I got Josie from Rwanda. Suzette from Pittsburgh. Hey, I need a Rwandan sister around to be able to preach. Come on, somebody. You see, once you go black, you never go back, right? And I'm an African in white disguise. Josie, you, you know how that is. You know, yeah, you know how that is. All right. So, 
For you that never met me before, some of you have already sniffed that I did not grow up in church. <laughs> uh, I have tried to become a little more churchy over the years, but I have failed. <laughs> tried. But I've preached the gospel for 28 years now. Can you imagine? And, uh, and our churches are packed with first-generation Christians. Uh, over 600 churches now around the world. And packed with first-generation Christians, ex-Muslims and, you know, animists and humanists and I don't know what they call themselves, atheists, all kinds of things, huh? Uh, and uh, I did not grow up in church, but the story is this. My mama was an alcoholic. Uh, I know many of you can relate to that. I'm so gl glad you're building a freedom house here. Um, that's beautiful, wonderful. I celebrated Christmas with my mama, sober. She was sober the first time when I was 22, and that was a fantastic experience. Uh, she drank our childhood away and lived with drug dealers and drug addicts, and yeah, I'm so happy for the gospel. Today, she is a Jesus lady. Uh, she's, she comes into to my festivals in Africa, and she says, where is my chair? And you know, everyone is standing Ten, tens of thousands of people are standing. She says, where is my chair? I gave birth to this preacher here. Give me my chair. And then they always have to go to a restaurant somewhere and fix her a chair, you know? It's, like, it's crazy with mama. But uh, she's, she's a Jesus lady today. Isn't that wonderful? He makes prostitutes virgins again, Jesus. He turns street boys like I was into gentlemen. That's what Jesus does. Father was a boxer. My dad was a boxer and a criminal. Uh, you've been waiting for me to say that. Candy said he, she, she was making one of those impersonations of me. My father was a boxer, you know. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's the way it was. He raised me with his fists. Uh, gave me a lot, of, a lot of good beatings. Most of them were good. Uh, I needed them. But I buried a, a, a teddy bear of a man, I say. Uh, five years ago, I buried my dad. He was a fine Christian man. Uh, so we were out hunting a lot together. And uh, in his late years, we couldn't use him for hunting. He just wanted to sit around the campfire and hear miracle stories. He said, tell me another miracle story, son. Uh, so everything changed with our family. It's wonderful with Jesus. And if you've never ever been around the gospel, I'm so simple. Uh, I'm a missionary from Africa. So you, you are all going to be able to relate, okay? Let's go to our Bibles. If you have a Bible, otherwise I know this, the, the scriptures will probably come up on the screens here. But I want to talk about God's blood transfusion and finished work today. Is that a good title? Yeah. We're celebrating Easter. And we are going to read from First uh, Peter, uh, the first epistle of Peter. Peter was the cockiest disciples of all. And uh, we read from First Peter here uh, how he describes the gospel. And we read from, first, from the first chapter, from verse 18 to 21. Guys ready? Yeah. For you know how it was. For you know that it was not. Excuse this foreigner. <laughs> For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. If you're wondering about the accent, is the Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. So let me read it again. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. I, I could stop right there and tell you my story. It was super empty. Uh, I grew up in a beer drinking kitchen in a miner's family down in South Austria. We did nothing but drink beers, play cards, and pick a fight. That's all I did until I was in my early 20s. It was an empty way of life that was handed down to me. But we were purchased, Peter says, not with perishable things, no. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. 
And he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Isn't this the gospel right here? Isn't this the wonderful gospel right here? There is the message right here in these four verses. Huh? We had an empty life. And uh, God came with this amazing blood transfusion. And he bought us. Not with perishable things, but with his own precious, holy huh? blood. And then because of that, because of Jesus' not just death, but also his resurrection and his victory, we can now live through him. And, and, and that is our faith and hope in God. Isn't this fantastic? All right. So let me take you through this a little bit. Uh, I'm married to a very smart lady. Uh, you got to understand I don't have a lot of education. Uh, I was drunk in high school, especially in English classes. So what you hear is a miracle talking to you. <laughs> but my wife, who is a specialized nurse, who is now going for a doctorate in emergency care, she has explained to me, isn't that fantastic? I'm married to a doctor soon. Come on. Yeah, sometimes I have to ask, am I allowed to sleep in the bed or have, do I have to be in the hallway with a German shepherd, you know? But anyhow, my wife has explained to me, just very simplified now, if there are people here that are doctors and nurses, just bear with me. That human blood has mainly, very simplified, three functions. Number one, they transport oxygen to our body. Number two, the white blood cells fights off infections, attacks on our bodies, like sicknesses, right? And number three, it coagulates, the blood coagulates if we cut ourselves or have a wound. And isn't that an amazing picture of the gospel that we have? That Jesus Christ, in God's greatest blood transfusion, came to transport new life to us. Oxygen and life to us. But not only that, he also fought the infections and the attacks of Satan on mankind. And then he healed us and made everything new. Isn't that fantastic? That's the blood transfusion of our Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is that in church cultures like America, I did not grow up in a ch church culture the way you grew up. Uh, here is a church in every corner. You are so blessed. You don't know how blessed you are. But uh, where I come from, uh, maybe 2% or so of the population goes to church. Uh, but uh, I have discovered that in church cultures, uh, it may not help that there's a church in every street corner. Because people can know how to say hallelujah and amen in the right place, but they are the most hypocritical, narrow-minded, judgmental people around. Am I saying the truth? Looking down on everyone else. And I think that has to do with that they have never ever applied the gospel or the blood to themselves. They've just gone in and out of churches. They've just been able to quote a few hymns and songs and scriptures. But it's never really done anything to them. And in Africa we have this picture we always use, Josie, isn't it? We say, there was a man, he was the dirtiest man in town. But he worked in the soap factory where they made the shampoo and the soap. But he was the dirtiest man. He was stinking. Everyone avoided him because even though he worked where they made the very thing that could make him clean, he never applied it. You can work in a soap factory but never ever apply it to your body. You can walk into a church and never be transformed by the actual message. You can be part of a Christian culture. I asked someone once I flew into America. I said, are you a Christian, sir? And he looked at me and he said, I'm an American. I said, wow. I had no idea that citizenship gave us a ticket to heaven. Wow, I said. So you're an American, right? Yeah, I'm not a Muslim. I am a, I'm a Christian. So what kind of a Christian are you? He said, well, I'm a, I'm a non-practicing Catholic. 
I said, wow, I, I am too. <laughs> Me too. Wow, he said, you too, yeah. I'm a non-practicing Catholic, a non-practicing Mormon, a non-practicing Jehovah's Witness sister. He looked at me and he said, what I just said doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> no. Plus, how much pot did you smoke yesterday for saying such a stupid thing? <laughs> Non-practicing Catholic. I am an American. Well, let me inform you good Americans that your citizenship doesn't take you to heaven. Are you here? Let me inform you church-going cultures that it doesn't help you to go in and out of church you must apply the blood to your life say jesus forgive me my sins and wash me in your precious blood then you're being changed and transformed we always tell the story in africa too about the man with the rat problem have you heard about him no huh? well he said i got rats everywhere they are in my bed they are, <laughs> they are on my kitchen table. I don't know what to do. I've put up traps, put out poison. They are just increasing. There was another guy down at the market that said, that I'm good with rats. I know how to deal with rats. Let's go check out your house. And they came to the house and yeah, it was as he had told him. But there was another thing too. When they walked into the house, there were piles of garbage everywhere. Along the walls, the kitchen could hardly be seen because of all the food and the empty baskets, you know, and boxes and, 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 and milk cartoons and so on. It was, it, was, it was bad. They came into the bedroom. They could not detect or find the bed. I don't know if you've been to a house like that. I <laughs> kind of grew up like that, so I know all about that. But he said, I don't think you need any poison or traps, friend. That won't help you. We need to clean your house. So they started to clean the house. And when they were cleaning the house and threw the garbage out in the street, the rats followed. Because the rats had nowhere to hide and nothing to eat. And listen, this is how it goes. They come to me all the time. They say, Pastor, missionary, help me with my demons. With my problems, with my addictions, with what I'm fighting. Can you please kill them? Can you cast them out? And I'm thinking if I do that, I have to come back next year to Gettysburg and cast them out again. And then I have to come back the next year and cast them out again. It won't really help you. Some traps and some poison. What will help you is if we take out a broom. If we take the blood of Jesus Christ. And we... Clean your house. And when your house is cleansed, you will have no rat problems. There will be no demons hiding. There will be no demons eating. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm talking about that we are a house of something. We're supposed to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. But if the Holy Spirit is not there, we are often occupied by something else. And very often when we drag the garbage into our lives, which we call sin, the rats feed off of that. But the salvation or the solving of your rat problem is not us casting out the rat every time you come to church. It is cleaning the house. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see, when the gospel comes to us, there's a cleansing taking place. I was... 19, just turning 20 when I came to Teen Challenge. Uh, you, you, some of you know what that is. Uh, a rehab center. It was back in the days when it was more like a prison. <laughs> now I, know, I don't know what they are running, but uh, yeah, we still love them. But uh, uh, back then they body searched us. We were not allowed to go out. And uh, they took my knife that I had under my pillow I said, I cannot sleep without it. And they told me normal people don't sleep with a knife under the pillow. And then they gave me a Bible and they started worshiping with me. And I'm telling you this, when I read the Bible, when I worshiped Jesus, when I found the gospel, the rats were running. Yeah. 
We say in Africa that um, uh, a blood-marked man or woman, the demons will run from and not to. Are you here? We say a blood-marked person, someone that Jesus has put his blood on, is a threat to the devil's kingdom. You don't have to be afraid of the demons. They are supposed to be afraid of you. You are not the hunted one. He is the hunted one. In John's gospel chapter 19 and verse 30, we read about Jesus on the cross. John 19:30, And when Jesus was on the cross, he screamed. He said, it is finished. Sometimes when we talk about battles, yeah, I'm going to address that somehow today. When we talk about battles, it seems like Christians believe that they have to fight the battles uh, themselves. But that's not the case with our salvation. No. Jesus has fought the battle. He has won the victory 2,000 years ago. That's what the Easter is all about, isn't it? Him winning in his blood on the cross and coming out triumphantly from the grave. I told you my father was a boxer and that's, that's right. He, he loved boxing. He boxed professional for eight years. And I have watched so much boxing growing up. I don't know how many fights we watched. But my father would, would sometimes just put the television off or walk out from a place where we watched boxing. And he said, we're not watching this. This is a fixed fight. And I learned early on what a fixed fight was. Someone has paid money in a locker room somewhere for someone to lay down or not fight the way according to his capacity. And then they are betting money on this. And it's the whole, of, the whole thing is corrupt. All right. But you know how beautiful it is with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity that comes to us when we believe. He always speaks our language. And he communicates with us the way we understand and when I was a new believer, I once was in my car when I just heard this on the inside. Johannes, your life is a fixed fight now. It's a fixed fight now. And immediately when, when, when the Holy Spirit whispered that to me, tears started flowing down in my face. Started coming down my cheeks because I knew exactly what he meant. On the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid for my fight. With his precious blood. Right? He paid. And I got Jesus in my ring corner. But I still have to step into the ring. That's life. I still have to be in the battle. That's life. If you have not experienced that yet, you've not been living. Life is rough. Life is tough. And we experience all kinds of things. But listen, we know that even if we are down, we will stand up again before they count to ten. Sometimes we may be hanging on the ropes, but we just need to stand there because Jesus has paid for our fight. It is a fixed fight. We will come out victorious if we believe in Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? So when we fight the battle of faith, it is a fixed fight. I love the fact that it doesn't matter how ugly and fat and you know, scary the demon looks that walks into your ring. He will be carried out on a stretcher with a broken nose bone before this is over. No matter what you face, remember, it's the fixed fight. You will come out victorious. And it doesn't matter how scary the fight may look. It is finished. It's done. It's a done deal. I know, I know. When you go through stuff, it doesn't feel like it, right? When you go through the battles of life, it doesn't feel like it. Well, I've been there too, but he has whispered, just hang in there. Don't give up now. Just stand and stand. Today I've come to tell all of you here in beautiful Gettysburg this Easter morning that... Uh, God has already given you the blood transfusion that you need for a new life. And he has finished the work for you. And he has won the battle for you. All you need is to apply the blood. All you need is to cleanse the house. All you need is to get the garbage out. 
Once it's out, it is a fixed fight. You know, um, I never forget when they explained the gospel to me for the first time. <laughs> I tried to explain to them that I was from the wrong family. I tried to explain to them that, that I was not good enough to be a church boy. I tried to explain, and finally, the guy started just laying out the gospel for me. And all of a sudden, the light went on. How many of you know what I mean? Yeah. Revelation came. The light went on. And I saw Jesus, and I saw what he had accomplished for me on the cross. And I started crying. And I said, but I don't know how to do this. And he just said, just ask for forgiveness. His name was Rickard. And uh, once I said, Jesus, forgive me my sin. I didn't need a Rickard anymore. I didn't need any man anymore. I forgot about time. I dropped to my knees and I cried and prayed for two hours straight. No one needed to lure me back into church. I didn't come for the light of the band. Are you here? I didn't come for the entertainment or the program. I came because I had been washed in the blood of Jesus. I came because Jesus Christ had entered me through his Holy Spirit. I came because I had become a Christian for real. Not a non-practicing what, but a real Christian. Someone that had experienced Jesus. If they close every church, I will praise Jesus in the parking lot. Are you hearing me? If they close down everything, Jesus is mine. I told my son when he was a little boy, he's 18 now, that's my youngest son. This is the last story I'll tell. He was in, in, in that age, you know, where he asked questions about everything. How many of you remember? It's an annoying age. <laughs> questions about everything. Daddy, what is that? Daddy, what is that? And we were down in Austria, and there was this huge crucifix. Austria is where I come from, by the way. I'm married to a good-looking Swedish girl, so we live up in the north. The kids look great, you know, the beauty and the beast. But um, my son was asking, what is that? And it was a huge crucifix, and I was thinking, my goodness, you're a pastor's kid. Are you asking me what a cross is? What, 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 you know. I don't know, he's six, six years old, something like that. But then it just hits me. I'm going to give him a lesson. So I turn around in the corner and I said, son, look at that. That is a cross. And then he goes, he looks like he's going to start to cry. I know, daddy, I know. So, no, 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 you asked me and I will tell you. And I explained to him the cross. And I said, because of that cross, son, I'm not coming home drunk every night like my relatives were doing because of that cross son I'm not beating your mama because of that cross we are making vacations because of that cross you will live a completely different life than I ever lived as a kid and as a teenager and even if you don't choose to believe in that cross when you grow up one day you will still be a beneficial of my faith in that cross. That cross, son. And he said, Daddy, I know. Now you listen, son. That cross is my war sign. I fight in that side. That cross, son, is what I will hug. It's what I run to. It is everything to me. So the next time you ask your daddy what the cross is. I know, daddy. He never forgot that. He still remembers that. I had enough of the annoying questions and gave him the gospel. I don't know what the cross is to you. I don't know what the blood is to you. I don't know what the gospel is to you. If it's just a nice Easter message. But to me, it's everything. I have a house today. I got furniture in the house. You know, you've heard about Jesus turning water into wine. Well, in my life, he turned beer into furniture. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have a brand new life. Let's stand up on our feet.
Let's have the worship team come up here. We're going to make some few invitations and help people to connect with the message. Listen, friends, hey, if you were polite today and you came with mama or daddy or uncle or girlfriend to church because it's Easter, that was a good choice. It's a very good choice. You came to hear someone that has dedicated his life to present the gospel as simple, as, as practical as possible. And I'd like to say this, that uh, there is something about America that I love. Can I, can I be super honest with you? Before I became a Christian, I partied with Americans from time to time that came to Europe. They were always the loudest in the room. You know where they were. Uh, they had no shame. <laughs> the loudest in the room. And I love that about them then and I love that about them now. You sing in your national anthem that you are the home of the free and the brave. I want you to be free and brave today. You hearing me? I want you to make your own adult decisions. It is not your girlfriend that tells you what decision you are making. It's not your boyfriend. It's not mama. It's not uncle. It's not a working colleague. It is you. Be that solid rock of an individual that make your own decision. Be free. Be brave. You couldn't care about what other people might say or think or, you know. No. You make up your mind. Isn't that who, who you are? I respect you for that. You fight our battles at times. You've done that many times. You came in and fought the Nazis in my home country and set us free. We owe you a lot, but I am going to put this on you today. You have a reputation to live up to. Don't play with the gospel. It is your creed. Are you hearing me? It is your war sign. Don't play around these holy things called the blood of Jesus Christ, the grace of God. And be an adult and make your own decisions. Don't let anyone else make that decision for you. I'm going to make my first invitation now and I want all of you, even if you don't agree with my faith or call yourself a Christian, I want you to respect my faith. So I'm asking all of you to lift up your faces like this and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for all of you in this room right now. Humanists and Muslims included. Just lift up your face and close your eyes. Father, on this Easter Sunday, I pray that they will all see the cross where you gave your blood transfusion. I also pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit will show them that the cross is empty, that the grave is empty, that Jesus is resurrected from the dead. As you're closing your eyes and you're standing there now, I'm binding every demon power in the name of Jesus. I'm setting every man and woman in this room free to be brave in the name of Jesus. Let them be adults and make their own decisions, not caring about what others might say or think. In Jesus' name. Lift up your face. Close your eyes. In front of you, you don't see a preacher from Europe now. You don't see some musicians on the stage. You lift up your face, you close your eyes, and you see the empty cross, the empty grave, and the risen Jesus. And he looks at you, he stretches out his nail-marked hands, and he says, my blood can be yours. New life. I can fight your battles. It is finished. Your life can be a fixed fight. Your life can become brand new. I'm making my first invitation right now. It's a, it's a salvation invitation. So if you want to pray, Jesus, forgive me my sins, cleanse me in your blood. For the first time in your life, you can do that now. Or if you want to rededicate your life, you want to come back to Jesus, you've been away from Him. Listen, you are not going to church because of others. You are free. No bishop, no pastor, no denomination can save you. Only the blood of Jesus saves and sets free. 
Now lift up your face, close your eyes. I will count to three. When I've counted to three, you that wants to pray a salvation prayer or a rededication prayer. That means forgive me my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. Change me today. You are going to shoot up your hand when I've counted to three. And you're not going to think about others. It is not your girlfriend or your boyfriend calling the shots for you. It's not mama or uncle. It's you and God. Lift up your face. Close your eyes. Here we go. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are free. One, make that hand ready. Two, three, shoot it up. Hands are coming up everywhere. Hold them up. Come up everywhere. I'm counting one more time and there will be many more hands. I see some 50 hands in the air. That's beautiful. But let's count one more time. One, two, three. Shoot up that hand. More hands are coming up. Hold them up. Yes, there must be a 70 hands in the air. Hold them up there. Hold them up. And don't you dare to be ashamed today. If this is a rededication or if this is a first time to come to Jesus, it is as holy. The rededication is as holy as the first time. All of you that have lifted your hands without shame, hold them up there. Hold them up there. Be free, be brave, be an American. Just hold that hand up there. And wherever you are standing, I want you to make your way out from where you are and meet with me here in front of this stage. Come, all of you that have lifted your hands, run up here, stand around the stage here. Come from everywhere. Don't hesitate one bit. Be free, be brave. Come up here. Stand around the stage here. We are making this an altar right now. Making this an altar. Come in the name of Jesus. Wonderful. Wonderful. Still waiting. Come close. What is he singing, Blake Shelton? Come a little closer. Come. Come here. Uh-huh. Come, come, come. Come close. Don't be afraid. Come so that we can make space for you. Yeah, don't be afraid. You're still standing next to someone that wants to be up here but maybe doesn't dare to come themselves that's why we help one another isn't it that's why we need i needed someone that explained the gospel to me and prayed for me turn to your neighbor put your arm around your neighbor and say hey if you need to walk up front but you don't dare to i'll walk with you i'll help you make sure you're not standing next to someone who wants to be up here but doesn't dare to come So turn around to your neighbor, grab them by the hand and say, let's walk up front together. Let's walk up together. Let's pray this prayer together. As a girlfriend now, you need to turn to your boyfriend and tell him, hey, I've told you a long time that if you want to continue with me, this is it. And he can feel it deep in his heart right now. I need this. Yeah, we are still waiting for people. There's still people coming. Come here. Don't hesitate. Turn around to your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. They want to join us. Come, 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 come up here. Come closer. Some people, they they ask me, Johannes, do you believe that in Europe, this is the only way to receive salvation? Running up in front of hundreds of people. No. The European Christians are as coward as the American Christians they want to slip in a little note in the offering basket but you see when Jesus died he died naked brutalized bleeding on a cross was he ashamed for you are you supposed to be ashamed for him when you receive his salvation his blood his cleansing no Yes, you can receive Jesus alone in your kitchen, alone in your car. But once you have received him, let the whole world know. I told my relatives and I lost them. I told my friends I was not invited to the parties anymore. Today, 29 years later, I'm the priest of my entire family. Every old friend of mine is calling me, asking for prayer and help. Take a stand. Believe in something. Don't care about what others might say or think. Huh? Be free, be brave. Lift up your hands like this. 
Lift up your face. Close your eyes. Now I'm going to lead you to Jesus. In front of you, I want you to see the resurrected Jesus. Look at the resurrected Jesus. Look at his eyes. Look at his hands. Look at his love for you. He died for you. He bled for you. And now we're going to pray together in one big chorus. Everyone is going to pray together in broken English. <laughs> We're going to pray like this. Let's pray. Father God, can everyone in the entire church help me pray this prayer with all these precious people standing here in the front? Say, Father God, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Say it loud. Say, I believe in the cross, in the blood in the tears, in the sweat, in the agony, in the pain, in the shame. You did it for me. You died for me. But you also rose for me. You defeated the devil for me. You said it is finished. And that's why I'm coming to you. Say it loud. Say, cleanse me. Forgive me my sins. Wash me. Make everything new. Holy blood of Jesus. Wash me. Holy Spirit of God. Fill me. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus, I declare you my Lord. And my Savior. I am not ashamed. I declare it. In the name of Jesus. I receive salvation and a brand new life. Amen. Amen. Woo. Yes. Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday. Put your hands on your chest like this. And lift up your face and close your eyes. Now pray your own prayers to Jesus doesn't have to be poetic prayers. I always say it doesn't have to be a Pater Noster or an Ave Maria or a poem. Just put your hands here and pray. When I prayed, I cussed the first hour and then I praised the second. Why? Because there was so much crap that needed to come out. But God hears an honest cussing more than a hypocritical hallelujah. He listens to your heart. So now put your hands on your chest and open up your mouth and speak to Jesus where you stand. Speak to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Open up your mouth. Talk to Jesus. He fills your heart. You're being cleansed by the blood. You're being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is your spiritual birthday. April the 21st, 2019. Pray to Jesus where you stand. Father, I pray for every man and woman here. I pray your blood will cleanse them right now. That your Holy Spirit will fill them right now. That they will walk out hand in hand with Jesus. Knowing April the 21st, 2019 is the game changer date. That's when everything changes. That's my birthday in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey! America He is risen America Hey He's alive Oh what a privilege I know we have precious precious people in this church that would like to minister to all of you that are standing here In a few minutes I'm going to pray for the sick and then Candice will release you so I will not go on very long, but another three minutes or so before you eat your eggs and your chicken. And, all right? But, but you that have come to the front, listen to me. Congratulations to the best decision of your life. Come on. I will come back here to Gettysburg. I say like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. And when I come back, I want to hear your story. What Jesus has done in your life. 
from April the 21st, 2019 and onward. It's going to be amazing. I will hear your story. We are not going to make this Sunday just a, a regular one, you know. We will remember this. Remember this. So they will hand out cards now to you. It's not because they want to track you down and have you donate blood. <laughs> they don't want your organs or anything like that. But they want to help you, take care of you, care for you, love you. And uh, make, make sure you're doing okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So fill in that card, please. Even if it's a rededication, fill in that card. Isn't this wonderful? Aren't we celebrating Easter for real here? Huh? Some of you just realized, oh, I thought Easter was about the eggs. No, Easter is about this. It's about Jesus changing our lives. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for the sick. And I'm not going to invite you to the front, but you can't have an Easter celebration, according to me, without ministering to the sick. Because when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, He died with our sicknesses. Right? And in 1 Peter that I have been reading, when you go into the second chapter, says that it was our sins that He bore on that cross. Right? But it also says that through His blood, we have been healed. 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary, we were healed. If you are sick in your body, listen up. Whatever it is, if you are sick mentally, emotionally, whatever it is, lift up both of your hands right now everywhere in this building. Physical sicknesses, mental issues, lift up. Right now when I'm going to pray for you, those nightmare issues that you've had, they can leave you right now. That anxiety you've been fighting can leave you right now. Those suicidal thoughts you've been having can lift like a black raven towards the sky right now. Everything is possible right now. Healings will come to many people. You will say, I was healed on Easter Sunday. I was healed at Freedom Valley. I was healed by Jesus. The blood of Jesus heals sicknesses and breaks all kinds of yokes. Listen up. There's a lot that the shrink can do for you. But he cannot erase sins and take away sicknesses. Sometimes they give you pills to tranquilize, you know, to tranquilize but it doesn't really solve anything. Are you hearing me? But Jesus solves the root the wound, the issue, he deals with it, deals with the rejection and the anxiety and whatever you feel. Lift up those hands. I'm going to pray for you now. And healing is going to flow for you, flow to you from Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority today over all the diagnoses that have been spoken out over people. Borderline, I talk to you. In the name of Jesus, be gone. In the name of Jesus, suicidal thoughts and all kinds of anxiety and issues, go in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift and leave because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Schizophrenia, I'm talking to you. You have to bow to the name of Jesus. I talk to you, addictions of all sorts and kinds, in the name of Jesus. Healing comes to your body. Healing comes to your soul. Receive it right now. Say, I receive it. I receive it. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me now. In Jesus' name. Shoulders are being healed. Necks are being healed. Backs are being healed. Blood are being healed in the name of Jesus. Cancer can disappear when we proclaim the name of Jesus. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Welcome to Home Groups, where we apply the message we heard this week at FV Church. This week we had a guest speaker, so things were a little bit different, and we want to talk about how things are different when we bring in an amazing speaker like Johannes Amritzer. Yeah, we have these epic weekends, these awesome guest speaker weekends where we can learn from the gifts Mm -hmm. God has given the church, and one of them is the evangelists. And Johannes has this amazing and inspiring ability to preach the gospel with such passion. And that's one of the things I've always remembered about him. When you meet Johannes, he he looks you in the eyes and you just feel the love of Jesus. And the Bible says, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And every time I've met Johannes, even if it's only for a moment, you you have that connection. Feel that that love. That you matter to me because you matter to Jesus. And that's what I've always caught from him. Yeah, I always quote something from Johannes where he said once, um, he thinks that God prefers a honest cussing to a hypocritical hallelujah. And I've said that before from stage and actually gotten (laughs) some (laughs) negative feedback from it, but I believe it. Mm -hmm. I believe that God would prefer having an honest conversation with us, even if it's angry, even if there's cussing involved, to a hypocritical hallelujah. And that's something that's always stuck with me. And I hope that as you sat in services this weekend, that you caught something like that, a life-changing piece of information. Maybe it's just his passion that rubbed off on you. but we should talk about that. Yeah, today. let's take some time sharing the stories about the genuine gospel we heard from Johannes. What did you catch? What did you experience? What's going to stick with you? Yeah. But this weekend was also Easter weekend, and we yeah. celebrated Resurrection Day, our Savior rising from the grave and victory over sin and death. How yeah. amazing is that? Yeah, so many of us paint eggs mm-hmm. or celebrate spring, really. A lot of Easter is yeah. just celebrating spring with bunnies and flowers and that sort of and thing. And it's amazing. Winter is gone. Praise God for that. But also, how are you celebrating Jesus with your family? How are you passing on that resurrection message? Honestly, none of the gospel means anything without the resurrection. And so we should be celebrating that even more important than Christmas sometimes. And so how do we pass that on to our kids? Maybe we can encourage each other tonight with just how we've done that in our homes and how we can continue to do that. It might be Thursday of the week after Easter. It's okay. You can still celebrate with your family and teach your kids. So let's spend some time sharing and celebrating and remembering how amazing this weekend is, was, and look forward to how amazing the future will be. Yes. Have a great night, guys. See you next week.